Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to check out new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Eid, Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking, reviewing Dutch Grand Prix qualifying where despite some trouble from McLaren in the first few sessions, it was Max Verstappen who took pole in Q3 as the track was drying out. Um, six different today, so it will be Verstappen going from Lando Norris on the front row tomorrow. Sam, I, I tell you what, I, I think there's a future for this qualifying format. Ah, oh, you know, every time we see it, which has only been a few times so far, it, it just slaps, doesn't it? It just, you know, what's all this sprint business thingy when this qualifying session every time just, oh, beautiful that. Harry, it's good to see you on one of these. Nice I to see you, mate. This is wild. I mean, it's the it's my, I, I think I'm going to average one in three uh, qualifying That's sessions. That's what we're working on at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> working on that basis. Um but yeah, I just said to the boys before we start recording, if only qualifying was on Sunday, our Sunday reviews would be spicy, be huge. It's very true. Um, and despite the fact that again, Max Verstappen did seem to have a, a bit of a, a bit of a challenge in the first few sessions when there was rain of foot and intermediate tires were being used, he was able to claim pole position by a pretty comfortable margin. And to be honest, if it weren't for Lando Norris, it would have been a very, very comfortable margin, um, setting a, a blistering lap to the point where you thought that the timing screens might have been lying. Um, what did you make of that, Sam, in front of his home crowd to be able to deliver pole position for the third year in a row, um, which is the same number of races we've had at Zambort since its return to the calendar? Yeah, absolutely stupendous. The something that really made me chuckle was, um, unlike the chuckle, was that... Um, <laughs> On the Sky commentary team, they were talking about how the last few pole positions have been so tight, but I think less than a tenth both years that we've been here. And then they compared it to Spa before the summer break, where obviously Verstappen has such a dominant qualifying session where he was, you know, I think eight tenths clear or something like that. 
And both Karun Chandok and uh, Crofty both came out and said, well, it's not going to be five, six cents today, is it? It's going to be much tighter. He's really having a struggling session. And boom, yeah, and I literally blindsided. There goes six cents. Just like, and the lap looked rapid. It looked incredible watching it from, you know, the helicopter footage of him coming around that sweeping long right hander with the track wet either side. Genuinely, that is a driver in his peak power. A car that matches him perfectly around track that he clearly loves with that home fan cheering him on. Yeah, you know what big Dr. Nigel always says, what the home fans give you? The cheers give you an extra half a, t- half a tenth. So he's put that in the bag and uh, he's taking it home. Thank you very much. It was a brilliant qualifying session for Max Verstappen. I thought he looked a little bit shaky over the first couple of sessions, but delivered when needed. And that's what one of the greats does. What were your thoughts, Harry, on the on the pole lap? And were you surprised that the McLaren duo couldn't feature a little bit more? I know, I know Lando Norris, as soon as he finished that lap, described it as, and I quote, poo. <laughs> so um, <laughs> were you surprised there wasn't more of a challenge? Um, yeah, I'm, I was with Sam, but I think this overall was probably Verstappen's shakiest, or at least one of his shakiest qualifying sessions of, of the year. Uh, up until the last two minutes, which, you know, I guess that's when it counts. It's an important two minutes. It is an important two minutes. So it's, it's I guess that's a compliment to him that a shit, that is his shakiest session when he gets pulled by five tenths. But um, it was a, it was a very impressive lap. I, I, I honestly thought, I honestly thought we could, <laughs> we could have had a, could have had a, a Norris pole here, just given how Verstappen's session had been going. And you're right, Sam, when, he was on that final lap. I, th- I think for me, it was when he came out of that banking turn three, he looked on it. I was like, oh no, oh. they've awoken the beast. He's <laughs> <laughs> coming. He's coming. Um, so yeah, that was that was hugely impressive. And um, you know, I think if Lando hadn't had a, a, a quote, poo lap, uh, I don't think he s- still would have got within, uh, I, I still don't think he would have beaten Verstappen on that one. So Brought out the bag when it counted. It was Monaco Q3 esque, Q3 sector three esque uh, again today for for Verstappen, and he he pulled out the bag. So he's quite good, isn't he? Even in the instance of Monaco, he he pulled it out of the bag, but I can't remember what the margin was. Wasn't but a lot, he, was it? He, he had to give it everything to just about have that pole position here. Half a ten, uh, sorry, half a second around a seventy second lap. Pretty good. Um, I, To be honest, I would say I was expecting McLaren to challenge, but as soon as Verstappen in his first few laps of Q1 was like, what on earth is this car? It is spinning everywhere. I was like, well, that's guaranteed pole position by half a second <laughs> in about an hour's time. And I'm not wrong on that. Um, yeah, I, I thought they would feature a little bit more in Q3, the McLaren duo, that is. Um, you know, Lando Norris, I think realistically, you're, you're right, Harry, that I don't think he would have even had enough if it was a great lap. So actually P2 was probably the optimal starting position for him. I think Piastri will be disappointed in that he was there with Norris for pretty much the entirety of Q1 and Q2. Um, And the fact that he's missed out by a few temps here is not just one position. It's cost him probably about four positions. So he's going to have a, a bit more of a struggle on to, to start, you know, was it P7? He ended up at the end. So he's going to, He's, he's going to have to work a little bit harder to get towards the front. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, the fact that we're talking about McLaren here as being potentially disappointed at starting second place, that's, that's a pretty good, 
point from where they were earlier in the year. So um, yeah, fair play to Verstappen though. Quality lap. Um, staying on Q3, um, switching gears to Williams. So Alex Albon delivered a very good qualifying session. He'll start on the second row of the grid. And alongside him um, in Q3 was his teammate, Logan Sargent. So if we're going to focus on Sargent first, making his first Q3 appearance of the season, and then deciding <laughs> that's enough good news for the day. Sam, what did you make of that overall? A, a session of very much big ups and big downs. Oh, the, the poor lad. I was so excited for him. And in our Discord, I was shouting and screaming for him. I'm like, yes, he's done it. Logie boy. You're like Logie bear. Um, he is... Logan Potus, I think you called him. Like the president of the United States. He's no longer a sergeant. <laughs> and then he immediately got sanctioned and has now been, I don't know, removed from America, I imagine, because it went so well for him to go Q3 and then that first banker lap that he initially did, you know, all right, not right on Albon's time, but we don't expect him to be. He's not, you know, there, but it was good. It was competitive. It was promising. And he looked like he was going to have a very good Saturday, which, you know, could lead on to first points on a Sunday. And the fact that he took almost an unnecessary risk. He's on a cool down lap after a really good lap. You know, the track is a little bit delicate. It's a bit moist. Sorry for those who don't like the word. Um, and there are parts of the track that you do need to be careful on. And when you're just going to spin off like that, when you, you know, you're not driving a, a proper lap going for it, it feels like a real waste. It feels like you took a real risk um, for no reward at all. So this really showed there's some talent in there. The guy's really got it, but, he also needs to learn some more judgment and more balancing of performance because to throw it away that easily is a real shame. And I'm really gutted that he he's taken away what should have been his best Saturday in his career so far, especially in Formula One, and he's really showered it with poo, to quote Lando Norris. Heavy on that already on this episode. Um, what did you make of Logan Sargent's overall qualifying effort, Harry? Uh, look... Aside from the end, I think it's probably one of his, it's probably his best performance he's, he's had this year, maybe apart from Bahrain, which he was really good at, apparently. Um, I was I was quite impressed with Sargent. And then clearly he got to Q3 and was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm lost. I, I probably should be out of this. And then and then he crashed. So um, I think that was a classic case of just getting a bit bit overexcited, bit, a bit overambitious with, uh, with uh, the, the great day he was having. So... It's a shame it's ended that way, but I, I would kind of forgive it. I think we we say with these um, with drivers, you'd rather they were quick and made mistakes because you can iron out mistakes. If they're slow, you can't do much about that. There's not much you can do. So I'd rather he not obviously saying he needs to be quick and crash all the time, but I'd rather we'd have it this way around where he get you know could get in Q three rather than you know not being able to. So. Encouraging from that perspective it is a shame. Would he have got much higher than he ended up uh, by the end of that session? I mean, maybe. I know Album did really well, but if we're basing it on the fact that Album's done really well this year, then then Sergeant's probably around that eighth, ninth, tenth mark anyway. So obviously not ideal that they have to go and fix his car overnight, but um, it's not the end of the world. So yeah, not a great end, but I, you know, overall impressive session from from Sergeant and one that he I think he needed a lot. Yeah, more encouraging than discouraging, even with that crash. And I think the, the ironic thing is, 
that Q3 could have gone any other way apart from him crashing and it would have been 100% positive in terms of the day. Like he could have been the slowest driver in Q3. One run, slow. Second run, still slow. P10, doesn't matter. Everyone's still talking about him in a positive manner. The only way that that goes pear-shaped, even a little bit, is if he crashes the way that he did. Um, so, yeah, the fact that he made it to Q3 in the first instance is a, is definitely a big encouraging step forward. He's still significantly slower than Alex Albon, which is something that he needs to to work on. But, you know, if, if the... If Alex Albon is fighting around the second row of the grid and, and Logan Sargent can make it into Q3, it's better than nothing. Um, there are certainly many instances this season where we have seen drivers who have made it into Q3 and the upper ends of Q3 and their teammates have been unable to make it to Q3 as well. I mean, take an example, one of the best to ever do it did it today, Lewis Hamilton. He didn't make it to Q3 and his teammate was fighting up in terms of the top few rows. So, it's not uncommon for that to happen. He just needs to, yeah, he just, just needs to work on his overall pace. I think it was an overzealous moment and it was understandable given the track was still in its iffy stage between inters and dries. And he wasn't the only guy to, to make a mistake out there. We know Charles Leclerc obviously crashed as well at a very similar time. So yeah, I think it's a learning point, but overall more encouraging than discouraging. Speaking of Lewis Hamilton, um, wasn't able to make it through to Q3, which was almost inevitable after Harry decided to be on the podium on Sunday. <laughs> I said he's going to win, mate. Oh, well, yeah, I said he's going to win. Yeah, <laughs> uh, go a step further than that. He's got some work to do um, in order to get there. Uh, knocked out in Q2, um, did a couple of fast laps, but um, burned his tyres out for the final run, couldn't improve. What did you make of that, Sammy? They were seemed to be pretty confident as a team Mercedes earlier in the weekend that their race pace might not be that far off of the Red Bull. So um, is it going to be disappointing that he's going to have to make some overtakes to try and prove that? Lewis Hamilton, sometimes we come to a race weekend and I get like a weird vibe about Lewis Hamilton on a Saturday. And it happened today. I was sitting, sitting down to watch it. I thought, this is going to be good for Hamilton today. I do not feel confident in the fact that it's he's you. going to You're the it. problem. You care I, I am. That's it. I'm the anti-Hamilton. I am. I don't, I'm not going any further with that. Um, my <laughs> point is, I got a bad vibe and I can kind of, it sounds funny. I feel like I can kind of track it. He was out of syncing a lot of rungs. He would muck up a rung or become impeded and he'd have to kind of go again and he'd stay on his tyres for a long time. And it feels like... No rhythm. Yeah, exactly that. No rhythm, no fluidity. And the further Hamilton seems to get into his career, because I do believe he's past his peak, he seems to be lacking a little bit of the authority to want to make a slightly risky call or a decision that, you know, maybe sets him apart. Look, Alex Alba went in and put fresh intermediate tyres on. We knew the day was drying up. Why didn't Hamilton go and do that? I think a decade ago, five years ago, Hamilton were gone, get me in, new tyres, let's go. I understand what's going on, back out again. And it just felt like he was one step behind, especially in that Q2 session that we were in. Now, I mean, out of all the drivers that I can imagine being down in Q2, maybe apart from Verstappen, I think Hamilton is the man that can turn it around and pull out a good solid performance. I'm not saying he's going to be top five come the end of the race, but I do think he can get himself through the, the, the crowd in a comfortable, safe manner and recover something decent. And this is only the second time all season he's been out of Q2. He's had points in pretty much every single Grand Prix so far this year. He's done well. And I think it's okay to have a duff race. So maybe that's what he he's going through, is just having a bit of a negative one. And we heard him complaining that the car wasn't right, the tyres weren't okay, the pressures didn't feel good. 
it's, it clearly all came to him at once where he just wasn't okay. So disappointing. But again, with Hamilton, this is a, a blip in what has been an incredibly consistent, strong season in a car that seems to be very up and down the order and difficult to predict where they sit amongst their competitors quite regularly at the moment. So, yeah, a shame for him, but I don't think overall he'll be particularly kicking himself. Yeah, I mean, Hamilton might want to strap himself in for tomorrow because it's going to be a long first stint, I reckon. I think they might they might send him out there for as long as they put the, the Alex Albin strat. I wouldn't be surprised if they deploy something similar to that tomorrow because it, it is difficult to get overtakes done on that circuit. We know it's possible. Certainly Perez a couple of years ago went from 20th or pit lane to be more accurate to points. So it is possible to, to make a comeback here, but it's not easy. This isn't Monza. This isn't Spa. Overtakes aren't plentiful at this circuit. So um, I'm interested to see how he gets on. I, I think in terms of the qualifying effort, I I'm with you, Sammy. He never quite seemed at one with the track and with the car, which was, um, different from where he was pretty upbeat on Friday. Um, so I think he would have been hoping actually that um, dry conditions would have prevailed just based on how at one he's seen with a car in practice. Um, but yeah, I obviously it's still a disappointment. George Russell was able to get done what Lewis Hamilton couldn't. It's not, I don't think, massively worrying. You, you're right to say that it, there's only been one other Q2 um uh, yeah, one other incident where he wasn't able to make it out of Q2 earlier in the season. So um, I, I just think, yeah, he, he probably would have looked at Q3 and thought, P2, I, I reckon I could have had that. Um, certainly if, if Lando Norris put together a good lap, maybe not. But seeing what Lando Norris, half a second behind, he'd have backed himself to get within four temps, I reckon. Of, P4, of definitely. P4, oh, definitely. For sure, yeah. I mean, he, he wouldn't, I don't think he would have been any lower than Albon. So, um, yeah, he, I think he'll view this one as a missed opportunity. What do you think, Harry? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think tom- tomorrow's going to be tough, but I, I wouldn't say um, it's not... Uh, it's not game over for for Hamilton. It's not like it's, it's Monaco. You, you can overtake somewhat. I, I was with Sam on the the weird vibe. The the interview he did. I guess this is quite Sky Sports specific, but um, he's a little bit sassy with uh, with Rachel Brooks when she said, "What car do you think you'll have tomorrow? Uh, uh, what kind of race way. car?" He's like, "Yeah, same one as I got now." I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> can be like that." Bloody hell, mate! I know, and I I understand the frustration, but um, often he I don't he doesn't often look to the to you know to the, the opportunities immediately which I can understand but yeah it was a it was an off vibe the one that surprised me the most was why was he doing two push laps because we we saw all through the session there was a lot of push you had to do a push lap cool lap sometimes they're doing two cool laps and then another push lap just to get your tire temps down etc so yeah that time in there whether that's driver or team odd one why they decided or well, he decided to do a double push lap because I think he had did he have the time to do another cool down? I can't remember now. But yeah, anyways, odd, odd decision there. Um, but yeah, tomorrow I uh, I think it's it's another day. We might have some more rain. He's pretty good in the rain. Um, and obviously that car does have some inherent speed in it, as we've seen with with Russell up there in third. Um, so yeah, I, th- I, I wouldn't rule him out to be to be back up at the top at some point. But like you say, Ben, it might be a long old... If it is dry, it might be a long old first stint for Hamilton. It might be... Ninety-five percent of the race. <laughs> he um he got impeding a lot, didn't he? Three times, I think he got impeding over qualifying session. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but he was like doing it back. I'm not really sure what was going on. Oh, I haven't seen any footage of him doing it back. In no, that case, well, they said something yeah. afterwards. 
And that was a Sonoda one, maybe. But yeah, like the Alonso one was a bit, it was all a bit messy out there, wasn't it? But yeah, he was uh, on the receiving end quite a lot. You're right. Okay, let's take a short break. On the other side, we're going to have a quick chat about Liam Lawson and his first qualifying attempt. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So an opportunity came about for Liam Lawson that he probably was not expecting. Um, Daniel Ricciardo not involved in the Dutch Grand Prix as a result of a, uh, a bone breakage in his left hand. So Liam Lawson, Alpha Tauri reserve driver has stepped up, qualified, qualified last, which I don't <laughs> think is the biggest shock in the world. That's okay. Break it to me easy, Ben. Break it to me easy. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> Let me rephrase. Liam Lawson qualified 20th out there. Good. What did you make of his effort, Sam? And, and, realistically can anything actually be expected more than this well firstly i want to comment on the wonder from down under that is daniel ricardo and the fact that he's like poor guy two races back summer break you're thinking here we go my time to shine and he's absolutely i'll try (laughs) one-handed doc i'll try (laughs) one-handed honestly i bet he was trying it Give me go on my feet. I'll do anything, please. James, um, <laughs> back, in, back in his day. Um, I don't. I don't believe his luck. How often do you hear about a driver breaking their hand when they crash the car? Um, and it wasn't the crash itself. Wasn't the most, you know, ostentatious, ridiculous moment we've ever seen either. It was very normal type of incident. Um, so really gutting for him because it was, you know, great having the honey badger back. I'm to be like, yeah, just pack your bags, mate. We'll see you again maybe in two months. And by that point, it's towards the end of the season. 12, 12 days, mate. They're reckoning. 12? You've got to be out of It's not superhuman. Well, they've got Lance Rolls, Lance Rolls? Lance Stroll's <laughs> wrists uh, back in 12 days and he's having an op from the same dock. So That's Lance Stroll's bakery-based cousin. It's Lance Rolls. Lance Roll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's um, Lance Bun. Anyway, I hope he comes back. So it's bigger recovery. And that's no, obviously, downplay to Liam Lawson. But, you know, that was his seat. And I hope he gets his shot. Speaking of Liam Lawson, um, what a tough track to have to take up your first Formula One appearance in. And you don't really get a lot of time for practice and adjusting and the mixed conditions. And yeesh. And I think he handled himself pretty well. He was off the pace. He wasn't particularly rapid. But no one's going to criticise him too much. He had, what, in terms of time, about 45 minutes of driving today. So it's not 
a lot, is it? So I think, you know, he held his own. He was respectful of all others on the track. He wasn't dangerous or ridiculously slow. Yuki Tsunoda had actually a surprisingly good qualifying, I think, considering where that Alpha Towering needs to sit. And I think that because of Lawson, it made him look even better than what it probably was. I imagine Ricardo probably would have been up there with him. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he could do in the race. I hope he just keeps it calm, keeps it safe, you know, maybe picks off a couple of the slower cars at the back because that Alpha Tauri Kligas have a little bit more pace than what we're expecting it to do so. So yeah, I, you know, considering that he had no time at all, I'm relatively pleased with him. What did you make of that, Harry? Um, sorry, not to make it about Daniel Ricciardo again, but just one other point. He must look at Oscar Piastri now and be like, what have I done to you? First, you take my seat, then you crash and make me crash and break my hand. Leave me <laughs> alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, but obviously best wishes to, to Danny Rick and hopefully we we'll see him back soon. Um, yeah, look, if you wanted to draw the worst possible scenario for you to make your F1 debut... Liam Lawson they, had it today. He achieved it, didn't he? <laughs> He's got it in one. It's such, I remember them talking about this in practice yesterday in commentary that, that the drivers would not want this track as their first race of the season because you've got to be like on it. It's, and if you're a bit rusty, which, you know, Liam Lawson's been racing in um, Super Formula, but it's not been an F1. It's just a hard track to get into the groove. So he's only been given an hour this morning to do that. Oh, and by the way, it keeps raining and drying up and they're raining. Awful conditions. So I think uh, given the context where he qualified and the time difference to where, uh, you know, to the relative to the rest of the field, actually quite impressive. The fact that he was, if he'd been further seconds away, I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to be honest, just given the disruption he had in FP3 this morning as well. So Pretty impressive effort. Like you say, Sam, tomorrow just get some get some laps under your belt, son. And then he's going to be there for Monza because Danny Rick not going to be there for that. So come back and do it properly uh, next weekend in Italy. So yeah, pretty pretty impressed, I think, overall with uh, with Lawson today. Do you remember Carlos Sainz's crash with Fernando Alonso at the Australian Grand Prix? And Ferrari tried to appeal it on the grounds of mitigating circumstances, which was the sun. <laughs> Ferrari, this is mitigating circumstances, not that. This is mitigating circumstances because you're right. Awful weather, really difficult track in a car that is not very quick, being given no time whatsoever. Put all of them together, you get a very difficult scenario. And it almost works the other way, I think, in that, yes, Liam Lawson has been presented with a really difficult task, but it's almost so difficult that it's been, it's a free hit for him, right? There's literally nothing he can do this weekend where people are overly critical of him because you, expectations are, at, are on the floor when, you've, when you're put in a situation like that. So everything else is a bonus. It's very similar to the situation that Nick DeVries was in last year, where I think him overachieving actually got him the seat this year. And again, I think you're in a position where you're substituting for a, for a regular driver. I say regular, Daniel Ricciardo. I don't know, even know if he can be considered regular again yet. But um, yeah, there's, there's nothing to lose in Liam Lawson's spot. I mean, he was a couple of seconds off the pace. He crashed yesterday. None of it matters. No, no one's sitting there criticizing him. Um, so it's actually, I think, an all right spot for him to be in. Um, I think in terms of looking at the race tomorrow, what would be considered success for him? 
I think you're right. Just being in the mix. I, I think the Alpha Tauri has probably got a bit more pace than the Haas drivers um, and the Alfa Romeos as well, particularly here. So I think if he can hang on to the back of, of Bottas and Joe and Magnussen, I'd, I'd consider that a success. Um, but what a what a scenario to be put in. Um, I bet he was he must have been wishing this had happened at Monza like <laughs> it did for Nick De Vries because two very different circuits. Yeah, you imagine uh, going out for like this meal that you've always wanted, right? You go, oh yes, the table's finally opened up. I get to sit down and eat this dinner. But they've decided for one evening only that your table's going to be inside a giant washing machine while people throw live dogs at you that are starving hungry. That's what Liam Lawson's having to go through in terms of a Formula One weekend. Uh, let's, before we go, one final topic from our side, Ferrari. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> we spoke about Ferrari in the preview um, and Sam, you were not so optimistic about their chances <laughs> going into this weekend. They both made Q3, but it seemed as if they had to very much scrap to get there. So do you think overall pace wise, they are pretty much where you thought they'd be? Exactly where I thought they'd be. Um, they are showing so many difficulties. Charles Leclerc seems to think that turn one goes on for about another 50 metres down the road than it actually does. Um, because he locked up there, what, three times so far this weekend? He had to run over Stop that counting. same road. <laughs> it is more laps around that than the actual laps he's doing around did, the normal. Did, did, uh, do you think he considered like just breaking a tiny bit earlier for turn one? No. 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 He's a fan of the no. podcast. Why would he consider early breaking? <laughs> this is true. Exactly. He's more of a fan of new breaking. Um, I think actually what this is done is so we heard Charles Leclerc berating the Ferrari kind of you know pit wall um, during Q1 when they nearly went out, nothing was going right for them. There's only so much that Ferrari could do when there's only three wheels on the car and the gearbox has been wrecked and your suspension's broken, really, Shell. So I think this action has quite literally brought Freddie Vass's comments to life that we heard in the summer break where he came out and said. Charlotte Claire's a bit rash, you know, he's maybe forcing the car to be more than it needs to and just simmer down a little bit. He's got that raw talent and because he hasn't got the car under him that he wants, he's trying to overdrive everywhere. And I think we saw that again. This was a real strange place to crash the car. It was a really strange incident to have. And the session, while not perfect in Q3, was going all right for him. It wasn't breathtaking, but it was okay. He was putting himself in a solid spot for the race uh, tomorrow. But this just wasn't good. This was a real rookie error, very similar to Logan Sargent. And I shouldn't really be comparing Charles Leclerc and Logan Sargent in their way of crashing at this point in Charles Leclerc's career. So quite disappointed. Feel like he could have kept it on the track. And it just compounds and a really difficult weekend for Ferrari where I think, you know, they could be the fourth or fifth slowest car here. Yeah, that's the problem is that you're right. They, they don't seem to have the pace here. Practice definitely indicated that. Leclerc's got this opportunity in Q3 to try and make the most of it he possibly can. And I think he's gone out there at 102, 103%, which is just, just over the limit, which is a problem that we've seen from him a few times already this year. Um, certainly, I, I don't know what it is with Charles Leclerc. It seems as if when it's wet, he's fine. Good driver. When it When it's dry... He's great. Anything in between, he really struggles with. Not a fan and of it, damp. It baffles me. And I've got no I don't think he understands why either. But he really struggled to get out of Q1. That was that wouldn't have been a shock to see him go in that bottom five. Um, so I think he would have been glad to make Q3 in the first instance. But yeah, I think he was 
um, for, for different reasons, but I think similar to Logan Sargent's crash, it's just giving it one or two percent too much in that in that circumstance. Um, probably a good point actually to say just about the track as a whole. It's great that drivers are punished when they make mistakes. Yeah. Everywhere. There's grass and gravel pretty much everywhere here. It's it's just good. I just really like it. As um, a um, as a flat out track to do a hot lap round where you know any mistakes you pay the price for, it smashes yeah. it. Does a great job. Anyway, um, Harry, what did you make of Ferrari's performance? Um, I mean, over overall, yeah, you're right. They, I just, they don't have the pace here, and it's it's what we said before the weekend. We just we turn up now every uh, race weekend, and we're like, well, where Ferrari going to be? No idea. And this time, they're not great. I guess they're they're around where we. Th- sort of suggested they might be I thought maybe slightly higher but it wasn't great for Leclerc it's it's almost like a chicken and egg scenario now where and obviously the car's not not great and he's pushing it but but this he gets he's getting wound up by Ferrari strategy management understandable we get it but it's almost like he's now trying to counteract that and and he's and he's over overdriving the car so it's obviously not his fault that sometimes Ferrari don't make the right choices, but at the same time, it, it seems like he needs to put that to the back to the back of his mind because, as Sam mentioned in Q one, he was on the radio fuming, fuming um, <laughs> with with the team. F e w m i n. What I mean, he, that entire like paragraph of rant, and then Zavi goes copy understood. I I would that would wind me up more. You rant that much, and then he comes back and says two words. I'm like, oh, you're gonna get it, Zavi. I swear to song. God. <laughs> two, song. Ticks. two ticks, red. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just think he's, he's getting a bit frustrated and, and that's causing that because, you know, I get he wants to be winning and, and he has the talent to be winning, but some days you don't have the car underneath you. And today was not, it was that day. He, it, it was unlikely to be challenging for pole. So just pick, pick up the places where you can and live to fight for another day. He didn't, so he'll grow out of it, won't he? He'll <laughs> grow up one point. We'll see. We'll see. Um, good stuff. I think that'll do it for our qualifying review. Sam, if you'd like to get us out of here before our race review tomorrow. As Ben mentioned, folks, we are back right after the Grand Prix. We sit down the moment that the checker flag uh, gets waved and we start to review what has happened on the race. So please come and join us for the review of the Dutch Grand Prix tomorrow. Um, and make sure, of course, if you're new to the podcast, you stick around because we have episodes that come out every single midweek and every single Sunday, as well as our qualifying reviews. Um, check out Discord if you get involved in the chat and all the F1 action. We've got over 2,000 people talking F1 every single day. We've got social media. Give us a follow. Late Breaking F1. It is everywhere. And now it's all also, the same name of our YouTube channel. So if you want to get subscribed on the Yubtubs, we would <laughs> massively appreciate it. Uh, Patreon is available. Um, our final extra episode for August went up in the week. Me and Harry did a Q&A. We finished off the Q&A that uh, we started about a week ago. And I think that is everything for now. So in the meantime, I've been Sam Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been Harry Eid. And that confirms what Harry's sign-offs will be for these episodes. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> keep breaking late. Podcast Network.